Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it is Monday. Yes, the first day of the countdown, the Super Bowl Sunday, 13 days away. Give us a call, 718-664-9098, RayandTayToday.com. Today at gmail.com. We are going to get into it, talk about what happened, and a first little peek of what will happen in two weeks. A little NBA and some college hoops, the new top 25, kind of interesting. But, Ray, let's start with the later game, man. Let me get my uh, pain over with early. <laughs> I've suffered enough the last couple of days. And last night, <clears throat> for me, Ray, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they, I can't even use Le'Veon Bell as an excuse. You know, six carries for 20 yards. He hurts the groin. He had, I think, one attempt in the second half. But he, he was pretty much done. But I think when you miss the extra point and then you come down and you don't get another touchdown, um, you know, and you get stopped on the goal line and held to a field goal with the whole Jesse James play, it just took everything out of the Steelers. And at the end of the day, when the Steelers play the Patriots, Ray, it's always the same thing. They have the 3-4. Only Belichick switches it up, right, from 3-4 to 4-3. And they play the zone. And you cannot play zone against Brady because what happens, like you always say, death by a thousand you know, slashes or cuts. And, you know, as good as the linebackers are and Shazier was all over the place and you saw Timmons playing good and the corners weren't horrible, but, Ray, it's too much. It's too much. And Brady, another masterful performance. But I think the Steelers have to structure. They have to get a shutdown corner. And against the Patriots, you have to be willing to play some man-to-man and blitz. They did get some pressure on them. They did hit them. You know, uh, there was no running game in any of the, the championships. Legarrette Blunt, 47 yards, was the most out of all four teams this weekend. And, you know, Brady, one of his best performances, 384, you know, um, what, three touchdowns, no INTs, and he's just a master. It was a master class, and it's our worst loss for the Steelers. 30, what, 36, 17, I mean, we, we got spanked. And I guess really free, free, and I'm not even upset at Antonio. They doubled him, and, you know, it's not even about now he signs a deal with Facebook, so he looks stupid, and it's going to affect his future contract. But I guess my only question I have for you, Ray, is because we got to throw this in there with the Yan- Yankees and the Spurs, and I do it on Twitter, is this 15-year run, 11 AFC championships, seven uh, Super Bowls now, um, you know, four and f- four and three or whatever they're – I mean, well, I don't want to talk about what they've already done, but, you know, they, they've won four. Is this the greatest dynasty in professional sports, especially now with the free agency era for the Patriots? I mean, is, is that the conversation that and is Brady 
for sure, without even any debate, the greatest quarterback ever. So these are all debates. I think Belichick is the best coach of all time, hands down. Uh, yes. He just did it for longer than Bill Walsh did and had more success. And then if you throw in his two defensive coordinator Chips, Super Bowls yeah. with the yeah. Giants, it's, it's it's no debate. So he he's number one overall. Yeah. You know, you look at this team and you might have, and, you know, Gronk has to get healthy again, <laughs> but you could have the best tight end, the best quarterback, and the best uh coach of all time but let's just focus on the coach and the quarterback and the franchise yeah. so the franchise you know i don't know the 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 celtics of the 60s were pretty amazing the san antonio spurs in terms of longevity during tim duncan's yeah. tenure and he won five championships that was pretty amazing so the franchise wise it's awfully impressive though because to do it in the in the 100% free agent era is pretty amazing and and they're doing it by addition of just people like Chris Hogan. Do you know his story? This dude played lacrosse <laughs> yeah. for three years and at then Penn had a State. year of eligibility. <laughs> and by the way, if you look at his numbers, and we'll talk about him in a second, he had the exact same numbers as Julio Jones. So Julio it's, Jones it's is the guy that they mortgaged the future on, and good for them that it pans right. out, right? The super stud from Alabama and Chris Hogan, the one year left of eligibility lacrosse player were both nine for one eighty with two touchdowns in the And that defines the Patriots right there. They take nobodies from the West Welkers to the Edelmans to now the Hogans and they make them into stars. And it's Brady and Belichick and it's amazing. Malcolm Butler it, is it almost really like is. a shutdown corner now, Ray. Malcolm Butler is gonna be next year in the top five corner conversation. This guy's amazing. And he, and he was un- unknown, unheard of, undrafted. <sighs> They've got three running backs, Lewis, Blunt, uh, you know, James White. I mean, you get killed all different types of ways. And what we have not spoken about, the best run defense in the league. There were, the Steelers couldn't even they, – they lost yardage after the Jesse James catch on the goal line. They had to kick the field goal because you can't run on the Patriots. That's why the Seahawks lost – two years ago because they weren't going to run it. They tried to pass it, and they got picked off. But, you know, and remember, they flood the, the run same, zone. You can't run. These are the same Patriots that got rid of Jamie Collins. And people were like, oh, my God, how could you do that? He's so good. And they got rid of – I mean, they just got, get rid of talent that other people are, look back and say, wow, how could you do that? This is really unbelievable. So, So to do this – you know, and, and maybe that's what makes them the best franchise of all time because to do this with these yeah. interchangeable parts, like the Lakers of the 80s, let's say, that was basically Jerry West getting unbelievable talent and all then Pat far, Riley yeah. coaching them. But they had and the keeping talent. that talent. They had, <laughs> they well, had at one point, what, they had yeah. four number one overall picks, right? They had, they had yeah. um, Magic and Kareem and Michael Thompson and James Worthy. So they had these guys that were just unbelievable. Just Jerry West, you know, worked his magic. But Bill Belichick isn't working with number one overall picks. Brady's a six-round pick, you know. Even Gronk was kind of unknown. I mean, they don't draft high. In fact, they go the other way. They'll draft – they'll trade down. So, you know, he's a player personnel genius. He's an on-field genius. And the only knock – And he never overpays. He never overpays his players. When it's time for that big contract and he feels they're going to want too much, like Chandler Jones, he says bye-bye. 
By the way, did you hear That's the amazing. story that I don't know if you heard this real quick that um Randy Moss told about Wes Welker when they were on the set on ESPN and Chris Berman was like, Oh, so how was it like preparing with Belichick? And Randy Moss was like, Look, you needed to be on your P's and Q's so he asks about the punter in the game because Wes Welker's their you know, punt returner. So he says to Wes Walker on a Monday, let's say, or a Tuesday, he says, Wesley, tell me about the punter. He's like, oh, the punter's pretty good. And, you know, uh, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a decent punter. You know, he puts a lot within the 20. Well, it turns out that the punter was a track and field star, you know, was, was like the state record holder in the 4 by 400 and ran a 4-3-40 and did whatever. And so the next day he totally called him out in front of the whole team. And then the following day, Wes Welker had to find out everything about the guy, like who he was, who his mom was, who was where he grew up, where he played, where he didn't play, what sports he did. Was he a lefty or a righty? You know what I mean? <laughs> so just, yeah, it's awesome. These players just it's have great. so much respect for Belichick. As much as they, as much as he's a, he's a hard guy to deal with, but just the success, you know, they have so much respect for him. And they should. And it's a great job. And we applaud the Patriots. The Steelers, I'll say this for them to close their season, they're headed in the right direction. The defense is young, a great linebacking core. You know, they had some injuries this year, not having yeah, Cam Hayward up party front. for Dupree and Shazier. Right, and those two have stepped up. Burns and Davis are only going to get better. I would draft uh, one more corner so you could start to play some serious man-to-man because you can't be, you know, a one-way team if you want to get past the Patriots and AFC the next two or three years. And I still think – I don't know if Brady will do five more years like he's kind of hinting, but I definitely know we'll see him the next year or two. And if the Steelers want to win while Ben's still got that window, they've they've got to bring specific talent on to help them. And it's the same way in the NFC with the Packers. So let's talk about that because I think what impressed me the most was – that first drive, it was so methodical, and they come down the field, and you felt like, wow, Matt Ryan, he he is Prince Paul. He just comes down the field, and he's not even using you know Julio so much, who they were double teaming at first. He's going to Sanu and Gabriel and Freeman and Coleman, and he outdoes Brady with 392, four touchdowns and no picks. And Matty Ice is. He's showing why he's the MVP, and he's showing why he's ready to be in that elite conversation and take that next step. And I won't even be upset if he loses to Brady and the Patriots because I think him getting there through the NFC and the season that he's had, he's proven already that he, you know, that he's kind of he's arrived. I think he's at that place where the Falcons are going to be contenders for the next couple of years because they've got the right coach in Dan Quinn, and he's only going to get the defensive side of the ball better. Sanu and Gabriel were incredible, but like you said, Julio Jones. When you saw that 73-yard touchdown run, grown man strength, I was like, oh, my goodness. He's, And this is the thing that when you look at the forward with the matchup, Ray, I don't know even if you have Butler on him and bring the safety over. Julio's the, he's different, and this is why I would have to take him over Odell and Antonio because he can do all that they can do, 
and you can go up top to him like T.O., like Terrell Owens. He's an Owens type of receiver, and it's a perfect comparison. And I heard it somewhere today, and I, it's not that I never thought of it, but it's, it's perfect because he can run the whole route tree, but he's got ups, and he's so fast and strong. Nine for 180 and his two touchdowns and a 73-yard you know, run. I mean, this team is deadly. And I think we're, you know, the spread is three for the Patriots. The over/under is 59, which could very, very easily go over. Um, we could wow. be in for a classic. We could be in for a classic. And you know, and I can't blame the Packers. You could see right away if you're watching the pregame and and they're getting together. And you know, look, some of the Steelers had the flu and they blew the alarm there. And the Packers had the flu and Aaron Rodgers had the flu. And I feel like honestly, you could see it. He wasn't the same Rodgers. He was off. You had the missed field goal early, Ray, and it just it went downhill from there. The fumble, the turnover. And Rodgers, there were some drops, but they do need to keep Jared Cook. And once you got Aaron Rodgers, you would say he's got at least five more years of his prime. The Packers are going to be fine. Just retool a little bit, get a running back, get some more help on the back end of the corners and defense. And the old line and, and I think all the receivers are fine. You've got a plethora. You've got six receivers if you want to throw Ty Montgomery back in there. You just need to get a real running back. So if you want Montgomery to run, it's only like, you know, three, four, five, six carries a game as a specialty item, not as a main runner. So I applaud the Falcons. I think the Packers will be fine. I think he got them past where they belong to be just because Aaron Rodgers is that great. I don't think this team was that talented. Yeah, that's what kills me as a Cowboys fan. Yeah. This should have happened last week. This, you this, know what I mean? Him this, yeah, hitting the Cowboys the should have beat them. You're right. They should have beat them. Coming up it was short, that slow start. I, it was that slow start. I wanted start. to see it, it Cowboys, Cowboys, Falcons. That would have been a great game. But no, it just right. shows you a couple things. It just shows you that at this level, it's hard to lose your guns this late in the season <laughs> and still – be at a championship level, level. So on the one hand, on the other hand, yeah. the Patriots. I guess they lost Gronk early enough that they were able to compensate for. It. But but if you think about it, you take the best tight end in the game off of a team, they would suffer more than the Patriots did. The Patriots are still rolling, but normal teams, right? Like mere mortals. So you know, Green Bay's <laughs> Green Bay's. Injuries just added up. And, yeah. and give Jordy credit. He played like a hero. No, he, he really did. tried. He, he played he good. With those ribs. But you need to come out guns blazing to beat Atlanta. You you can't, you know what I mean? You can't be at 70% and, and deal with those guys because those guys will steamroll you like they did. And credit to Matt Ryan, credit to the Atlanta franchise. Remember, they hit the wall midseason last year and just went south quick, fast, and in a hurry. And everybody said, oh, same old Falcons. You know, Matty Ice is not ready. He's never going to be elite. He's only going to be, you know, a pretty boy who, who, you know, when the chips are down, under pressure. We were tough on him, too. We were very rough on him. And good for him for delivering. And not only that, but this is not, I mean, yeah, he he has the running game. But this is not from a skill position the the best collection of receivers out there. It's not even the best collection of receivers that he's had. You know what I mean? So you're right. Good for him. Oh, you're right. But I say this: lost Julio uh, Jones for a significant part of the season. Definitely, definitely. But I'll say this: uh, Sanu is pretty darn good. 
He's a solid two. And Gabriel, who had that early drop, he was a little nervous, he was a little shook. But Gabriel is a dangerous third option, speedster, slot receiver. The tight ends are underrated. They're pretty decent. And well, remember, he had Roddy wh- White. He had Tony Gonzalez, no, who still had some juice Gonzalez, in the tank. Oh, yeah. I mean, he and had Michael better Turner. receivers. Michael the no, he did. Turner. Yeah, but with Freeman and Coleman, who both can catch out of the backfield, both can run, break tackles, go – you know, sweeps or go between the tackles, that is something that we saw Seattle beat the Patriots. When Seattle beat the Patriots, C.J. Procise was huge in that game and was catching a lot of balls out of backfield. And that's one thing you got to be able to do, and that's where the Steelers truly miss Le'Veon Bell because you can attack the Patriots with your running back catching passes, and the Falcons will have two of them. So that makes them very dangerous, and the Steelers really miss that with Le'Veon Bell. D'Angelo is, you know, can run it, but he's not the wide receiver that Le'Veon. Le'Veon's pretty much like a wide receiver. So I think that's something, you know, going forward when you're looking at the matchup. Freeman and Coleman, they're going to be hard for the Patriots, you know, to stop. I think, you know, maybe they can get them running, but then passes out of the backfield. <clears throat> Freeman's got great hands. That's going to be fascinating to watch. And you know what? You're seeing a lot of speed from Deion Jones, from LSU, uh, Vic Beasley. you got the old veteran, Dwight Freeney. The Falcons only have uh, – well, the, the Patriots have 30 new players from the last Super Bowl team. So they still got, you know, like 20-some-odd guys that were there. But the Falcons have only got three guys on the roster with Super Bowl experience, and Dwight Freeney is the main one. So it's um, – you know, all the advantages early look to the Patriots, but, Ray, this is going to be – it should be a classic game. I really think we're going to have a good game. I don't think you're going to see a dominant, you know, a blowout. I don't think the Falcons have too much firepower for the Patriots to steamroll them, and I think they're too talented to be shut down. It's just going to be scheming. And can Dan Quinn scheme something up for Josh McDaniels, you know? It, it, this is a – you know, it's kind of funny, right? You got Kyle Shanahan against Josh McDaniels, both of the guys that were considered, you know, for jobs and Niners jobs. So, well, listen uh, to this. Interesting. Dan Quinn was the defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks when they almost, if it wasn't for Malcolm Butler, beat yeah. the Patriots two years ago. And he's won two. So he's been to three of the last four Super Bowls, Dan Quinn, as yeah. a as a coordinator and now as a uh, as a head yeah. coach. So this That's guy, awesome. even though the Falcons don't have experience, he's got some pretty decent coaching experience, you know, playing in the big game. He does, he does. And you know, and we'll <clears throat> we'll break more of it down and start to take piece by piece even on Friday and stuff. Ray, I wanted to look at some NBA and the college hoops. First in college hoops, you got Duke playing NC State now. But, look, Villanova still number one, had a good weekend. You got Kansas, too, um, getting a lot of first-place votes, right? They, you know, 36 and then, uh, what, 20, uh, 35 and then 28 for Kansas. Number three, Gonzaga, who you know I've been banging the table for, um, you know, 19-0. They played tonight to probably go 20-0 against Portland. So, they, they're they having a great season. Kentucky in a tough game held on this weekend. They're four, five Baylor, six Florida State with their big win. The ACC is loaded. And Arizona with a huge upset of UCLA. They move up to seven. UCLA is eight, nine North Kakalaki, our Tar Heels, and ten Oregon. 
And what's so fascinating, when you're talking about the power of the ACC, I want your thoughts on this, 12, 13, and 14, Virginia, Louisville, and Notre Dame. And, of course, you know Duke is just right there at 17. Is the ACC the best it's been maybe in a long, long time? You're talking, what, five teams in the top 18? Well, or six teams. I'm sorry, six teams. That's crazy. They have depth. But <laughs> usually we're used to the ACC having, you know, Rambo strength, meaning Duke and North Carolina in the top five, you know, having those mega teams. So this is one of those years where actually they look like the other conferences, the Big Ten, the, AC, the, the Pac-12, teams that have been putting a lot of te- conferences that have been putting a lot of teams in the top in the top ten, I don't know the, the ACC. That's it's probably Carolina's to lose, right? Because Duke is a little up and down. It's just he's still going to be out a few weeks with his surgery, and Capel's kind of putting his stamp on the team. But if you look at it, none of those ACC teams are real. I mean, you look at Florida State, and you're like, are they a national championship team? No. Virginia, you know, Louisville. I'm not sure, but these are really good teams, though. I mean, these are these are you know, final eight teams. So I, I think the ACC has a lot of depth. I just don't know where that powerhouse team that's going to beat Villanova or, or Kansas or Kentucky on a neutral court. You know what I mean? So, well, uh, very they, good. Two ACC things will happen, though. But two things will happen. Consider this. They're going to beat each other up. But like the Big Ten of yesteryear in some ways, that also will make them stronger come tournament play. And – you'll find them in different brackets and you'll find like, I think five of them in the lead eight or five of them in the sweet 16. You know what I mean? Because they're going to be so tested. So I think that could be a benefit for the ACC this year. You know what I mean? That they, that they're battling each other. And then, you know, then all Fair of a sudden enough. you're like, wow, Louisville's in the sweet 16. Duke got it together. You know what I mean? You're like, Oh my goodness, all these guys. So I, it's definitely something to look for. And I'm happy because my Terps, for the Big Ten, which you know it pains me to say that, all right, uh, 22. So they stepped up and had a, a nice win this weekend. So college ball is, is, is definitely heating up. We'll get some more into it. As we close out, man, we got to talk NBA. And I want to ask you this. Do this out there on Twitter. The Spurs, that win in overtime over the Cavs, great game. Um you know, they still win without players and with injuries. But what you saw from your guy, and I'm going to give you the credit, your guy, Kawhi Leonard, 41-6-5, and five, and being able to just step up his scoring. I think he had six games in a row with over 30 while uh, Parker's been out. And, you know, he's playing a little bit of the two, the three, the one. He sticks the one, the two, the three, whatever he has to. And you almost feel like Kawhi – Durant and LeBron are all on that same level of small forward because Durant's having his best all-around and defensive season. This is like the renaissance of the small forward again, and Kawhi Leonard and the Spurs, they might have a stake when it's all said and over going seven games in the Western Conference Finals with the Warriors. My question is, could we be crowning the Warriors too fast and could the Spurs mess up the party, right? You know, as a guy who's loved what the Spurs have built over the last 20 years, you can never count them out. And 
they beat them without Tony Parker and Pau Gasol on the road in Cleveland in a game that Cleveland really wanted. So that's always something that's impressive, and and Pop has that in him, right, to to come pull a rabbit out of that. The problem I have with San Antonio is they have one mega athlete in Kawhi Leonard. I mean, he's a top three maybe player in the NBA, top three athlete in the NBA. This, this guy is just True. unbelievable. True. Like, you know, like I said, uh, his, he's maximizing his God-given talent. His game has no flaws. It, it, it's it's a beauty to watch. I mean, it's, it's basically, you know, LeBron he plays has both sides play. of the ball. LeBron can't shoot, and LeBron can't shoot clutch free throws. And Kawhi Leonard's a 91% free throw shooter. So am I saying Kawhi's better than LeBron? No, but it's awfully close. And if you told me that you wanted Kawhi Leonard on your team, who is an all, uh, sorry, a, a Finals MVP over LeBron because he hits free throws and he's a better shooter, I couldn't be mad at you. He's just as good a defender. He's not as explosive maybe as LeBron is above the rim, but he can guard one to four just like LeBron can, and his arms and his length and his, you know, he's, the problem, here's the bottom line, though, for San Antonio is they're not as athletic as some of those teams, and that's what happened to them against the Clippers two years ago, against the uh, um, Oklahoma City Okay, see, last year, yeah. They're not, and they're aging, right? So Manu, who's a decent athlete and could hold his own, is eight, he's too old, and, and Tony Parker's too old, and Pau Gasol is over the hill, and, and, and you know, LaMarcus Aldridge is not athletic enough at the end of the day to create his own shot when it comes down to, you know, clutch time. So, I have a problem with them in the postseason in a seven-game series against a talented and athletic team. So that's where they come short to me against the Clippers and specifically against the Clippers and the Warriors in the Western Conference. I totally agree. And then another great game, the Suns back and forth and had a big lead, and Knicks came storming back. They took care of the Knicks and just some dysfunction on the Knicks towards the end, who are now the 11th seed. And you know, I know well, they're at that place. We're just talking about the Knicks as the four or five seed in the East, or just yeah, and, 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 and the, and the Wizards were the eleventh seed, and now the Wizards are the fifth seed. Right? Listen, three weeks, a lot can change, and you're talking they've won, they've lost. I think now it's uh, eleven out of fourteen games, or twelve out of fourteen games. It's been bad, and I guess I just I feel like I need closure. Either Melo's going to stay and they're going to work it out and try to, you know, build things around him and decide is Rose going to be part of the team next year or not. Or, Ray, they've got to just say, you know what, we made a mistake with Noah and it's time to get rid of Melo and just strike a deal to get some youth. And I kind of feel like I don't. It's weird. I have mixed emotions because I was, you know, I was listening to an old Ray and Tay show years ago, and I said, "Hey, we got to trade Melo, or else the Knicks will be stuck in mediocrity for years." And that's what's happened. So I was kind of prophetic in that and right. But you feel like Melo deserves because he wanted to come here to retire and Nick. You know, you don't want Phil Jackson to run him out of town because Phil is not the Phil that we love as the Nick player or respect as the coach. He's kind of like the executive who's become a clown. And so it's a whole different feeling. And I don't want him to run Melo out of town, and then he leaves the next year. Do you know what I mean? So I, I just want what's best for everybody. And 
some parts of me wants Mello to retire and Nick and them try to get pieces and Mello actually say, I'll be the second or third best. Porzingis, unfortunately, Ray, he's not ready to be the number one best player yet. So how do we but acquire? Best players don't grow on trees. And I know, I know. It's hard. It's hard. <sighs> look, look, even in the Kawhi Leonard, this is sixth year, right? It, it took two, three years of kind of getting his confidence and, 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 you know, refining his game. But it was a gem in the, found in the draft. To me. A draft they trade for George Hill. They got lucky in a way. Yeah, they sure did. To me, you got to move on. You got to move on. You look at this Eastern Conference, and you don't think there's any way this team can beat Cleveland. I don't see any way this team can beat Toronto. I don't see any way this team can beat Boston. I don't see any way this team maybe could even beat the Wizards. So you're looking at a second half, you know, at best you're a five to eight seed, one and done in the playoffs, at best. So <laughs> you've got to Right now they're just foolery. foolery. No, not, now they're not, they're not making the playoffs. So so yeah. at best you, you, you don't commit money to Derrick Rose. Something's up there. He needs a different environment. I'm not sure he you know would thrive in New York. Carmelo has proven that he's an awfully talented offensive player who plays defense you know on occasion. But and I hate to knock him because he did win a championship as a freshman in one of the most incredible runs in you know in, in history yeah. in Syracuse in 2003. But he doesn't make anybody better. He doesn't make the players around him better. And you know what? It's a special gift that most players don't have that gift. And Carmelo's players around him, you don't drop <coughs> Carmelo on a team and say, wow, we just got materially better. You drop Carmelo on a team and you're like, you know what? We got a good scorer on this team. But for some reason, something just doesn't – it's not a one-and-one equals three situation with Carmelo. So what he needs to do – is find his best, and you said it was Cleveland. Wow, that'd be crazy. Cleveland, Golden State, uh, the Spurs, the 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 Clippers. I don't know who it is. Toronto. Yeah, no, find somebody. Try to win your chip uh, so you can have one as a college player, one as a pro player. It's not happening in New York. I'd want him to go so play fine. with LeBron and then try to win it. I don't think the Clippers can win. Blake Griffin was supposed to come back tonight. He's not against Atlanta. He'll be back soon. Chris Paul's out six weeks. I'll say this. This is the way I think about the Knicks. They're sort of like that pretty girl that is wanting to give you a date, but she, you know, she's pretty, but she won't ever give you the date, so you can never go anywhere. So, anyway, man, great show. I got to run. You close it up and end it out. Great show. We'll have a lot of sports talk. We'll be talking NFL. We're talking Super Bowl. We got two weeks to line up for the Super Bowl. So have a great sports week. We'll catch you on Friday, same bad time. And let's go Super Bowl 51. It was great talking sports with friends. Catch us on Friday. Have a great sports week. We are out. Oh, are other people there? Or are there-